Welcome to Church Online. We are so glad that you're here with us today. My name is Luke Betker. I'm one of the lead pastors here at Slay Church. I have the privilege of pastoring with my amazing wife, Victoria, and we pastor together with the absolutely incredible Brandon and Emma Richardson. And we honestly, we're so thrilled that you would join us for church today. Just before we get into things, we want to say it's not too late to invite somebody to church. In fact, right now in the chat, there's a button that's popping up that says invite someone to church. Why don't you go ahead and click that, invite a family member, invite a friend. Now is the greatest time that you can invite somebody to church and we're excited for what God wants to do in their life. Also, if you're watching maybe for the first time, or maybe you've been watching a, a few weeks in a row, or, or as long as we've been to church, you've been watching, but you haven't gotten connected with us as a church yet, we would love for you to fill out a connect card. And again, there's a button that's popping up right now in the chat. You can go ahead and you can press the connect card button. We'd love for you to fill that out because we'd love to connect with you as a church, and we'd love to help you get involved, get connected. We just want to, we want to get to know you, quite honestly. So why don't you go ahead and click that button as well. All right, well, we're going to begin this service the way that we always begin at Slate Church. We're going to take a moment, we're going to worship God together. So we're at, wherever you're at, you know, find some space, get ready. Let's worship God together as a church. Through the veil of darkness, 
was another inner fire Standing next to me There was another in the waters Holding back the seas And should I ever be reminded Of how I've been set free There is a cost that bears the burden Where another died for me was another in the fire All my dead left but dead beneath the waters I'm no longer a slave to my sin Should I fall in the space between what remains of me and this reckoning? Either way, I will bow to the things of this world. I know I will never be alone. There is another in the fire. Standing next to me, there is another. Joy, come every battle Cause I know that's where you'll 
Church, let's sing this together. I stand upon the solid rock of faith in Christ. This steadfast hope shall not break apart within the trap. I am assured his promises will never fail. As long as life remains, he is faithful. God is patient, and God is kind. He does not envy, he does not boast. His ways are higher than my own. His thoughts consume the great unknown. Of this alone I am sure My God is love I draw my breath under His created windswept sky I know this hope shall last long after my flesh retires. From dusk until the dawn, he calls his children home. His righteousness at last generations. God is patient, and God is kind. He does not envy. Does not boast. His ways are higher than my own. Stars consume the great unknown. Of this alone, I am sure. My God is love.
song we sing. He is almighty God, Elohim, maker of the earth. He is the Lord of hosts, heaven's king, God of endless worth. His kingdom stands above every power, every living soul. His love is like the sun, ever true. Shining over all, He is Almighty God, Elohim, Maker of the earth. He is the Lord of hosts, Heaven's King, God of endless worth. His kingdom stands above every power, every living soul. His love is like the sun, ever true. So good to be able to worship together as a church. We love that we get to do that. And right now we're going to move into a segment of our service that we always do as well. And really we're continuing in worship right now as we come around our prayer requests and as we celebrate together with people over the praise report. So every week we take some time and we pray over the many prayer requests that have come in in our church. And, you know, these are things that have been happening in the lives of people that attend our church. Real things, big issues, tough things that people are facing. But we know that we serve a God who is bigger than any problem, who's bigger than any obstacle. And we're going to believe right now for miracles. We're going to believe for breakthrough in people's lives. So come on, let me share some of these prayer requests that have come in. And then we're going to pray over these things. We're praying for somebody's um, hometown community that's grieving the loss of two young boys from a car accident. Praying that God would provide answers to somebody after a long journey with doctors and many question marks. Praying for somebody's family member that they would respond well to chemo. Praying for healing over somebody's migraines in this time. Praying for the provision of a job for somebody else. We're praying for somebody's classmate who recently passed away from a brain tumor. We're praying for their family. Praying for God's grace to help somebody who's dealing with loneliness. Hey, this is a small, small portion of the many requests that have come in this past week. But come on, let's bring these to God, knowing that he sees everyone and he cares. And not only does he care, but he has the ability to meet every one of these needs. So wherever you're at, if you feel comfortable, why don't you reach out a hand towards the screen and let's just believe in faith that God is going to move right now. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you that in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of confusion, in the midst of uncertainty, that you are there, that you are unfailing, that you are good. And so, Father, we bring every need before you today. 
Jesus, we just pray that you would move in the way that only you can move. We pray for healing in your name. We pray for provision in your name. We pray for direction in your name. Jesus, we just ask that you would uh, do a miracle in people's lives today in this moment right now. And we pray that you would be glorified because of it. We thank you, Jesus. In your mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. 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 Well, I just love being able to pray like that in faith over the things that we believe God will do. We also now get to take a moment to praise God for the things that he did do. So important that we're just not, you know, asking God for things and then we forget to take some time and actually thank him for who he is and for what he has done. And so I love, I love reading the praise reports out every single week. Take a look at this. Someone is thankful for all the support from family and friends and medical team after a successful knee surgery. That's amazing. Someone else is thankful for receiving multiple job offers. That's awesome too. Someone is thankful for their connect group. Someone is thankful that God helped them during their four years at university and they were able to graduate. Someone else is thankful that uh, they're able to feel surrounded by so much community, even though they can't see them physically at this time. Someone else is thankful for God's grace upon their life. Someone else is thanking God for the opportunity to secure a co-op position for the, this coming winter and that they don't have to worry right now about finances. Someone is thankful for the delivery of their friend's new baby girl. Someone else is uh, thankful for uh, the love of Jesus. Hey, that's something great to be thankful for. And someone else is thankful for uh, productive conversations about race and justice. That is awesome. We are so thankful as a church for what God is doing in our church this season. And we really believe that the best is still yet to come for us. We really do. Well, hey, again, we just wanna take a moment and say welcome to church. We are so glad that you're here. And something that we do at church when we meet in person is we have this little moment where we say, why don't you turn around and shake somebody's hand, give somebody a hug, say hello. And although we can't do that physically right now, we still wanna have that moment of connection. So right now, just for the next minute, why don't you grab your phone? Why don't you send somebody a message, an encouraging text, something like that saying, hey, thinking about you, love you, um, you're awesome. And uh, go ahead and do that right now. Let somebody know that they are loved and that they are known right now. Go ahead and do that. Awesome. Well, hey, now it's time for giving. And we're really excited for giving as a church. Uh, we really are excited for this opportunity that we have to give right now and to encourage us in our tithes today. I want to welcome Pastor Emma. You know, I wonder if you have ever tried to wing a recipe, uh, that you just decide to wing it. I know for us, we just got a great uh, pancake recipe from uh, a couple in our connect group. And we were talking about it on the weekend and I was saying how I miss going to their house and eating their pancakes. And I have gotten this recipe, I took a picture of it. They had it written on a napkin in Sharpie. So I have to squint when I try to make them uh, like on a weekly basis, but it is the best pancake recipe. We were talking about it in connect group and he was saying, you know, I just wing it every single time. I just go for it. You know, this might be all right with pancakes, but how many of us know that if you ever cook and you're just always trying to wing it, sometimes that's just not gonna turn out well. And yet I think that for many of us, we actually try to wing it when it comes to our finances in God's economy, when it comes to the kingdom of God. 
Maybe you have a financial advisor. Maybe you've taken steps uh, in your personal finances in life. Maybe you are just winging it with everything. You don't have a budget. You're just hoping every time you use your debit card that there is something in that account. But regardless whether we are planning or not, if we are not looking at our finances through the lens of God's economy, we are still winging it. It might not look like it to the world standard, but we as Christians are part of a different kingdom. I love what it says in the message version in 2 Corinthians 9. It says a stingy planter gets a stingy crop. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. I want each of you, this is Paul writing, I want each of you to take plenty of time to think it over and make up your own mind what you will give. It's not a question of if you will give. It's a question of what you will give. We are called to give back out of what God has given to us. We are called to make sure that we are being financially generous and giving back to the local church. But it's a question of what will you give? Let's not be winging it, church. Let's not be deciding on a whim if we're gonna give, if we feel like giving, what our finances look like this month. Let's decide in our heart. Let's take some time to think it over, to pray about it and be consistent with this and not just wing our finances. God loves a cheerful giver. I love it, it says here in the message version. God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. We're gonna get so much more out of giving when we actually put some intentionality behind it and not just wing it. I'm telling you, the pancakes taste a lot better when I follow the recipe. Church, I'm gonna pray for our giving today. There's lots of ways that you can give. Uh, they're gonna be popping up on the screen. Uh, I just wanna encourage you to do that today. Be intentional with that. Why don't we pray together? God, I thank you so much for the finances that you have blessed us with. Whatever that amount is, God, we are grateful for it. And today we give you back uh, uh, financially out of that. And I just pray that you would bless it. I pray you would do incredible things with it in this season and the seasons beyond that we are sowing for today, but we are sowing for the generations ahead as well. And that we would see that, that there would just be such a harvest from this generosity today. We pray all of this in your name, amen. Hey, Slate Church, good to see you guys. Uh, glad that you're tuning into Church Online. One of the things that we've been doing in this season is actually taking some time to highlight some of the stories uh, from some of the people in our church. And so we've got a phenomenal couple here with us today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Diana. Hi guys, I'm David. David, Diana, you guys have been a, a bit of a pillar in Slate Church. You and your family are just uh, so consistent and so faithful. I want to uh, just ask, is this something like your relationship with God, has that been a priority your whole life or what does that look like for you guys? Thanks, Jared. Um, no, it actually has not been. Uh, we were both born and raised in a Catholic background, um, God-centered homes, but really our relationship with him wasn't our priority. Um, we both moved to Canada with a, at a young age, different stories, but um, Diana moved and her family got split when, uh, when she had to move here to Canada. Her father was left behind for a few years. I left my parents and thinking they were going to move uh, here right after I did and that never happened. So in a sense, we almost grew resentful um, during a period of our lives where we again drew away from God and started living lives that were astray, not, not even close to um, um, you know, having that relationship with Him. What, uh, what sort of changed there or how is that different now for you guys? When we started dating, we, we met in college and we started dating at, a, we were 19 years old 
And um, for the first couple of years, we still, we started attending a church, but God was in the center of our relationship. We had a ton of problems at the very beginning. It took a year or so to, for our relationship really to get, you know, uh, come, kind of get off the ground because of all the issues we had. Um, I wanted to move back home after school started. Diana wanted to stay here with her parents. So there was all kind of friction between us. And again, God wasn't the center of the relationship. So it wasn't until we both really committed to um, giving our lives up to God. Diana actually took the lead and uh, she got baptized. Mm -hmm. I saw that. Yeah, and, and I kind of followed along and, and really God used our relationship to draw us nearer to, near to Him. We eventually got married, have kids, and, and the challenges have still come our way. Uh, there's challenging moments. We've lived still since, you know, for the last 10 years or so that we've been uh, together, but we're now facing them a different way. We know that God's on our corner. We, we put everything in His hands before we even make decisions about our families, our home, you know, everything. It's just we know that we've we've got him on our side and we can count on him and and really prayer and our faith is what's got us through the most challenging times in our relationship as a couple we've been able to get through them with um with with you know centering our lives in god yeah wow that's incredible well you guys have a lot going on uh being a part of church and and uh, work and kids at home and school and all of these things how do you maintain that uh, priority in your relationship with God with all those things happening, not just as individuals, but also as a family? Um, I think um, just keeping a routine, especially uh, for me, because I'm home all day with the kids. Um, Alaya had to be home um, and I had to homeschool. Um, Enoch is only two and I'm pregnant with my third. so. Um, Having that routine in the morning and getting resources from Slay Kids, which has been a blessing because um, they prepare the um, the message and um, we just go on Saddle Kids. We do the devotional in the morning and throughout the day uh, we pray on um, just before lunch or before breakfast and just like giving grace. and having him always as a center in our home. Oh, that's awesome. What, what would you guys say to somebody, um, or maybe to a family that's, that's having a, a hard time balancing it all uh, through quarantine and through COVID, um, and maybe it's just struggling keeping God the, the priority in their lives or even just in their homes. Uh, what would you say to somebody that's kind of struggling with that? We don't have it, we don't have to have it all figured out. Um, and um, just have, support from your community like your that's why it's so important to have um, or join a connect group yeah reach out mm -hmm. reach out for those that are around you your support system like Anna mentioned and really you know bring everything to God and and like you said we don't have to have things figured out but he helps us figure them out through as we go through them so don't be discouraged and uh, yeah just just Bring your challenges and, and situations up to him. It's good. Hey guys, thank you so much for taking time to share a little bit of your story and what God has done in your life. I know that, um, you know, I've been encouraged even just talking to you tonight. I uh, miss seeing you guys in person, but it's good to chat here. And I'm excited to see how what God has done in your life is going to impact uh, others in our church as they, as they hear your story. So thanks for being willing to do this. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.
Well, I just want to give you a couple of exciting announcements of things that are coming up in our church this summer, actually. And the first thing I want to say is to continue to follow us on social media. That's your uh, best channel for new information as to what's happening and to what you get to look forward to. After that, make sure that you visit our website, slatechurch.com. It is the hub that has all the answers for anything that you might be wondering about our church in this season. Visit slatechurch.com. That is your first stop for finding out information. But one thing that we want to announce today that we are so excited excited about as a church. Something that we're going to be doing this year is actually called Summer School. Some of you might remember Summer School from last year. We did it. It was a big hit. We had a ton of people enroll and I know that a lot of people got incredible amounts of information out of it but also encouragement and really they were able to put tools in their pocket that has helped them all year long. And so we decided we should do this again but we're bringing a revamped version of Summer School this year. So we are offering two courses at Slate Summer School this year. The first is the Alpha course. This was a huge hit last year. We had a ton of people involved in it. It was amazing. And the Alpha course is for anybody who is new to Christianity. You might just be trying to understand and get a grip on the fundamentals of faith. And this is for you. We'd love for you to join our Alpha course. It's going to be an amazing, amazing time. But we also have something happening. Uh, maybe you've been in church for a little bit longer, but you've got some other questions. You want to know more things. We're calling this Theology Boot Camp. And it is going to be uh, a bunch of different topics that are covered uh, over the course of the summer. And we're really excited to be able to uh, offer some of these topics to you this year. We're, we're talking about things like women in leadership. We're talking about things like um, uh, a theology of suffering. We're talking about all kinds of different great things that you're going to want to be a part of. You're not going to want to miss out on. So our summer school is going to be happening from July 17th to September 4th. And the format that it's going to take, because we're not going to be able to meet in person to do it, is that once a week, a video will drop that you get to watch on demand when it works best for you, when you learn the best. And then that week, you will be in a tutorial group that happens over Zoom, where you get to discuss the content, where you get to talk about it with a smaller group of people. We're really believing that this is actually going to just grow your knowledge, grow your understanding of scripture, grow your understanding of theology, that you're going to meet some people that are going to actually really sharpen you. You know, we believe that iron sharpens iron, and this is an awesome opportunity for you to grow in your faith and ultimately grow closer to Jesus. So we can't wait for summer school this year. In order to sign up and to get more information about summer school, why don't you go to slatechurch.com slash summer school, sign up for our alpha course, sign up for theology boot camp, and we're really, really excited for what God is going to do through summer school this year. We can't wait to see you there. Awesome. You ready for the message? I'm really excited for the message today. Uh, you know, we've got a great speaker, uh, a voice who you've heard before, uh, but maybe not in a little while. And we're really, really excited for the message that he is going to bring. I want to encourage you to lean in. Let's get ready. Let's have a faith for what is going to be brought to us right now. And the person speaking is actually one of the site pastors for our Waterloo evening location. And so why don't you welcome with me to deliver the word today, no one other than Nate Lambert.
Hello, as Pastor Luke said, my name is Nathan Lambert, uh, and I am one of the Waterloo PM site pastors here at Slate Church, alongside my wife, Emily Lambert. And honestly, I'm just so excited to be speaking to you guys today, uh, talking to you through a screen. It's a little bit different, but it's still awesome. And, and I'm just so confident the Holy Spirit is gonna move. He's gonna work through this message and uh, speak something to you. Whether you're tuning in at the nine, the 10.30, the 12, the four, the six, you're watching this on YouTube later, somebody put a clip of it on an Instagram story or a TikTok and you're seeing it there, I don't know. I don't know how you're seeing this message, but I'm so glad that you are viewing it, that you're watching it, that we still get to gather together as the church. We still get to be the church. And that God is bigger than any uh, way that we gather as a church. He's bigger than any platform that we use. And that the Holy Spirit is still gonna move and actually reach some people through this message today. I, I'm just pumped for what he's gonna do uh, right now in this moment. Uh, you know, before I get started and kind of dive into my message or the, the teaching that I have prepared today, I just want to take a second and honor our lead pastors. You know, pastors Brandon Emma Richardson and Luke and Victoria Becker are some of the most incredible people that I know. I love them personally. Emily and I are just so thrilled and honored to be under their leadership, to be able to serve under them. Uh, and just for what they've done in our lives over the years. Uh, I'm also love that we have pastors who didn't see coronavirus and the shutdowns and the current season that our world is facing and say, oh my gosh, like, like just start complaining about it or freaking out. But they looked around at, at the realities of the world and they said, okay, how can we keep reaching people? We know that we have a message. We know that we have the love of Jesus, the truth that he came and died and rose again uh, to save us from our sins, uh, that we know we have this amazing message of hope that people need in this time. So how can we keep moving forward? How can we keep reaching people? How can we keep loving people? How can we keep sharing this amazing message with as many people as possible? Uh, not just stepping back and complaining, not just pulling ourselves out of the game, but actually continuing to move forward and build God's kingdom, listening to him. Uh, I love that we have pastors that didn't just start saying Black Lives Matter in 2020, but we're saying it six years ago before that was uh, what everybody was posting on their social media uh, and people have been living it out day in and day out. Uh, I love our pastors, Emily and I love our pastors and uh, we're just so excited that we get to serve under them and be led by them. Uh, you know, our pastors, our pastors aren't perfect, but they are appointed. I think it's important for us as the church to know that they have been appointed by God to lead this church and that's our responsibility to respect them to honor them and to actually lift them up, uh, to, to, to support them, to encourage them, to take the vision and the leadership that they give us, to listen to it, to listen to their correction, to listen to their words and to actually run with that, to actually live that out in our lives, to actually live out the vision that they have for our region uh, and that God has placed on their hearts for our region uh, to reach our friends, to reach our family, to reach our coworkers. That's our responsibility as the church and we love that we get to do that. I actually love our pastors so much that uh, my message this week is kind of a, a sequel to Pastor Brandon's message last week. If you, didn't miss, if you didn't catch it, I'd encourage you to go back and watch it after this. You don't have to have heard it to get this message, but uh, I would encourage you to still go check it out. It was called Survival Tactics for the Church. Uh, so I was joking around and saying that I'm gonna call this message Survival Tactics 2 Electric Boogaloo. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not gonna do that. If you're taking notes, you can actually call this message Myths misconceptions and mirages. That's what we're gonna title this one. But uh, Pastor Brandon spoke this really great message last week and he talked about uh, the fact that oftentimes great leaders that we see in the Bible actually had a season of being in the wilderness between meeting God and stepping into their ministry. 
Um, you know, even Jesus had seasons of being in the wilderness before he actually started preaching and doing the work in the ministry uh, that he was put on earth to do. We see this with people like Paul who had 15 years between uh, the moment in, on the road to Damascus where he met Jesus and him actually starting his ministry and his preaching. And Pastor Brandon uh, encouraged us not to miss out on what God's trying to do in that wilderness season, in that in-between time. Uh, and kind of funny enough, I'd already written my message. I'd already uh, gotten it all down here. Uh, and my message was talking about this wilderness season too, uh, because I think that's just the reality of the world that we're in. It feels like we're lost in the wilderness. It feels like we're out in the desert. It feels like there is everything going on. 2020 is this crazy year. Uh, and it's something that it's challenging. We're all trying to process it. We're all trying to work through it. I think a lot of us can relate to being in the wilderness, to being uh, in a place of facing great challenge uh, in our lives right now. And uh, and so I think these messages are, are really impactful looking at this wilderness season and actually trying to dive into what God is trying to teach us in these times. You know, one of the stories that, that Pastor Brandon told last week out of the Bible uh, is the story of Jesus before he starts his ministry. And he spends 40 days and 40 nights out in the wilderness, out in the desert, actually. Uh, and, and it's interesting. It's this time where the devil is trying to tempt him. And Jesus is fasting. He's not eating or drinking for these 40 days and 40 nights. He's out in the wilderness. He's preparing himself for the ministry that is to come. And the devil starts to tempt him. And one of the temptations is a temptation of comfort. Uh, the devil actually encourages Jesus. He's like, hey, if you're God, if you're Jesus, then you should be able to turn these rocks into bread. He's trying to actually distract Jesus from the preparation that he's going through. He's trying to actually uh, convince Jesus to turn these rocks into bread and actually satisfy the discomfort that Jesus has experienced because the Bible actually says that Jesus was hungry. He was starving. He was incredibly hungry. He was fully God and fully man. He felt hunger. He felt the pain of not eating. And the devil tried to tempt him saying, well, if you're God, why don't you just turn these rocks into bread? But Jesus knew that there is a greater purpose in the wilderness. There was a reason that he was in the desert. There was a reason he was fasting. He was being prepared and he wasn't going to shortcut or circumvent his preparation for a temporary comfort. You know, I think, uh, I think in a lot of ways, uh, you know, this is kind of the place that we're in right now. We're in a wilderness season. We're in really difficult, trying times. And it can be tempting for us to seek out comfort, for us to actually see mirages in the desert, see things that look like good wells of water and start chasing after them, when in reality, they're myths that are distracting from what God is trying to do uh, in our lives in this season. You know, we're going to read from a scripture today, and it's called 2 Timothy chapter 4. It's actually a letter written by this guy, Paul the Apostle, I talked about a minute ago to a guy named Timothy, who is uh, one of Paul's disciples, who's going around and building up the churches that Paul has planted. Uh, and, and, and Paul provides him this encouragement that I think is going to speak to us right now. It says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, be prepared in season and out of season. The Bible says the farmer scatters seed in the morning and again at night. It's not our job to pick the patch or pick the field. It's actually our job to scatter the seed. Whether the audience is receptive or reacts poorly, let's never slow down in sharing the message and the good news of Jesus. Let's be prepared in season and out of season. He goes on, he says, correct, rebuke, and encourage. We need to have the tough conversations. We need to work through difficult topics with each other. We need to talk about sin in our lives and be open with one another and actually have real discussions about how we're getting closer to Jesus with each other. 
And he says, with great patience and careful instruction, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. They're not going to put up with it. Instead, to suit their own desires, to turn rocks into bread, to pass on the preparation, to skip out on the sanctification, to avoid the starvation and circumvent the character creation that God has planned for them. People are going to, to, to suit their own desires. People will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. This is what I want to talk about today. The myths, misconceptions, and mirages that we are facing right now. In the story I talked, I talked about with Jesus in the wilderness. Uh, you know, as I said, he was going through the desert. And in the same way, I think a lot of us are going through a desert season, a wilderness season. We're facing struggles in life and we're desperately looking around trying to find some water. And we're seeing these mirages, these lies and these myths, this false teaching, this false doctrine, these false ways of thinking that satisfy our own desires. And we're running to them thinking that they're good wells of water when in actuality they're empty. There's nothing there. It's actually just distracting from the work that God is trying to do in us when we pursue our own comfort in the midst of a wilderness season. And I love it. Paul ends this passage talking to Timothy. He says, but you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge the duties of your ministry. Let's pray. God, I just thank you so much uh, for what you're gonna do through this message today. I just pray right now that your Holy Spirit would move in, in the lives and the hearts and the minds of every single person listening to this. I pray that this would not be my words, Lord God, but it would be your words, that your spirit would just begin to impact hearts, Lord God, that you would just begin to change perceptions and that we would just begin to drive out some of the lies and the myths that are pervasive in our society and even in our churches, Lord God. I pray that we would just turn away from uh, fake things. We would turn away from just trying to pursue our own comfort and our own satisfaction, God, and we would just begin to pursue you in your truth. Even if it's hard, even if it's difficult, even if it's challenging, God, I just pray right now that we will pursue you in all things we do. In your name, amen. See, we're talking about survival and my resume for survival honestly isn't that good. Uh, I'm more of a glamper, like a car camper. I'm a little bit more focused on the uh, Pinterest recipes that I can make over a campfire than actually surviving in the wilderness when I go camping. Uh, but I do have a little bit of cred. I do have a little bit of cred with camping. Uh, I have done like an, a, a, a wilderness camping trip once. I was like 12 years old. Uh, I know I portaged, like we carried a canoe over our head. We like had to paddle into where we were camping. It was a place called McCray Lake. And uh, there's really two things I remember distinctly from this trip. The first one is I got a scar on my leg. Uh, I still have the scar, it's really faint now, but that was cool. I like fell in some rapids and like I got to go back to grade eight and just like show everybody my sick scar, which was awesome. Uh, and the other thing is this kind of weird uh, moment where I actually sought comfort in the midst of the wilderness. Uh, you know, I was camping with my parents and a couple of their friends and uh, they were all quite a bit older than me, obviously. I was the only kid there. And I remember I was feeling kind of lonely. And especially as the night came, we're like, we're like, we're pooping in a bucket out in the wilderness. Like we are out there. And I remember as night came and settled in and I was lying in the tent, I was starting to feel this fear building up inside of me uh, and this worry and anxiety. Uh, and instead of, you know, reading my Bible maybe, 
or praying or, or, or sharing openly with my parents how I was feeling. Uh, as a typical angsty teen, uh, I opened up my iPod. Uh, I turned towards some music. I think we've all been there uh, turning towards uh, so, some odd music uh, to cope with our emotions as a preteen. Uh, I know that uh, I was talking to Pastor Luke about this message. He mentioned that he, his go-to was under oath, uh, just letting it out with some screamo, which is awesome. Unfortunately, I think that mine was actually uh, a little bit weirder. I think it was a little bit more odd. I distinctly remember lying in that tent, curled up in a ball next to my parents, just blasting Rihanna's song Disturbia on repeat. And I know that's like the weirdest thing you could possibly be listening to, but uh, that was my bad coping mechanism uh, in the midst of that wilderness that I was in. Uh, but to be honest, I think that you know, right now we can feel a lot more justified than 12 year old Nate was uh, for being in our feelings, for, for, for feeling uh, uh, overwhelmed, for feeling stressed, for feeling anxious with what's happening in the world. I think we can feel a lot more justified than I was as an angsty 12 year old with everything that's happening right now. You know, the reality is there's big conversations happening in our world. Uh, there's, there's, uh, there's big challenges that we're facing as a society. We're facing a pandemic where we're seeing the, some of the greatest, uh, social action that we've seen, uh, outside of wartime in our history. Uh, we're, we're seeing, uh, massive conversations around race coming up, uh, and the fact that, 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 that people are, are oppressed and are struggling, whether it's black people or indigenous people in Canada. Uh, we're having these conversations actually bubble up and come to light and we're processing these things and we're working through years of institutional racism and trauma as a society. There's big conversations happening right now. There's a lot of weight. There's some heaviness to what's going on in the world. And I think we can feel a lot more justified sometimes than maybe a 12-year-old angsty Nate was for leaning into some coping mechanisms. You know, we can feel justified for actually uh, ser searching out for ideologies and ways of thinking that comfort us and make us feel better and suit our own desires rather than facing the truth. Because the truth in this time is a hard thing to face. It's challenging. And I think where this comes from uh, and the core problem here is that we're actually trying to carry a weight on our shoulders that we have no business carrying. You know, I, I used to do competitive powerlifting and, uh, and I'm really competitive as a person. Uh, and so I was always trying to like, you know, lift more, lift more, lift more, lift more. And I remember uh, I was especially bad at doing this with the squats. Uh, and, and I would like put on way too much weight and then I'd try and get the weight up and my body would just twist and contort itself to try and move that weight. You know, I'd be like down like this, I'd be like swinging up and like, uh, I don't know, my back is like moving and like all this stuff that's actually super dangerous. It makes it really easy to get injured. But when I had too much weight on my shoulders, when I was doing too many reps, uh, I, my body would do whatever it could to move that weight up in that moment, even if it meant long-term harm uh, to, to itself. And I think in the same way, a lot of us are twisting and contorting the truth. We're seeking out lies and our minds are doing whatever they can to, to just survive the weight that's on our shoulders right now, even if it's gonna be to our detriment, even if it's actually gonna leave us injured and broken and hurting and hurting others in the long run. And the fundamental problem here is that we're carrying a weight that we have no business carrying. 
See, the weight of the conversations that we're facing in the world right now, the weight of the pandemic that we're facing in the world right now, the weight of anxiety, the weight of depression, the weight of sick family members, the weight of job struggles and financial struggles and wondering how the economy is going to recover, the weight of all these things is not something that we are meant to carry by ourselves in our own strength. No human can handle that. But this is something that we are meant to put before Christ, to give up to the Holy Spirit, to release to Him. And trust that through the power of the Holy Spirit, not through our own power, we'll be able to carry this weight. Trust that by the power of God, that he will actually be able to, to handle the situations that we're facing. See, we can't do it on our own. We can't do it in our own power. We actually need to release this to God, to give it up to him. And when we do that, we can begin to actually engage with the truth, to deal with reality, to not chase down lies and myths and unhealthy coping mechanisms, but actually begin uh, to healthily process what's happening in our world. You know, what are some of these lies and these myths that we tell ourselves? What are some of these things that that some of us are believing? I think, you know, one that we're seeing a lot of people believe right now is that COVID-19 is over. I can just go out. I can do whatever. I don't need to wear a mask. It's fine. I can hang out with 50 people. I'm talking to you, Florida. Uh, but I think that a lot of us, uh, we're kind of believing this myth that COVID-19 is over. I know I'm personally believing it a little bit. Uh, I'm finding it hard not to go, uh, you know, meet some of my coworkers on a patio. I'm finding it hard not to, to go spend time with people and friends that I haven't seen in months. I'm finding it hard to, to make sure that if I'm going to do those things, you know, we're allowed to do more of this stuff now that I'm doing it safely. I'm doing it with hand sanitizer. I'm doing it with a mask on. It's a challenging thing. It's easier, I think, for a lot of us just to be like, all right, things are opening back up. We don't really have to worry about this anymore because the reality is so challenging. On a bit more of a serious note, I think that uh, a lot of us have believed the myth that I haven't seen racism, so it doesn't exist. I haven't personally experienced racism, I haven't seen it in my mostly white context that I grew up in. So obviously racism doesn't exist. Or is this stuff really happening? Or should I really believe the people who are saying that it happens? I that some of us uh, are believing other myths though, beyond just the ones that uh, relate to our cultural moment, but are actually just bigger myths of faith and life. I think some of us believe the myth that we can put our faith in human leaders when in reality, we can only put our faith in Christ because people aren't perfect and they're always going to let you down. You know, I think some of us believe the myths that our feelings are the objective truth when the reality is that there is much more to truth than our emotions. I think a lot of us uh, believe the myth that life is all about me and my needs and I'm the star of the show when the Bible is clear, clear that God is the star of the show, that Christ is actually the center of everything uh, and, and, that, and that we are a part of his larger story. A lot of us believe the myth that if we're good, good people, we deserve to have good things happen to us when the reality is that there are a lot of bad things that happen to good people. We believe the myth that emotion is somehow connected to a, a sensationalized experience when our emotions are actually a reflection of our heart and the truth that we're engaging with. These are just a few examples of the myths we believe and the lies that can creep in and distort our thinking and perspective, causing us to miss out on our calling. These are things that we might believe to satisfy our own desires and distract from the lessons that God is trying to teach us in the midst of hard seasons, in the midst of the wilderness, in seasons of big conversations, in seasons of pandemic, of emotions running high, of anger and opinions being hurled back and forth. I believe that God is actually trying to do some incredible work in us. So if you want to dismiss the myths and pursue truths, 
we actually need to turn to the greatest Mythbuster of them all. And I'm not talking about Adam Savage, the guy from Mythbusters with the, with the stash. Uh, I'm actually talking about the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I really believe that the Holy Spirit is still active. And even though the weight of the moment we are in uh, and the work that, that's ahead for us as individuals and as a church and as a society is bigger than what any human can handle, the Holy Spirit has the power to take this on, to actually guide us through these challenging conversations and this challenging moment in history uh, and actually make us better on the other side. Um, you know, not only is the Holy Spirit uh, uh, the strength that we can rely on, Jesus actually describes the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of truth, the spirit of truth. See, if we wanna overcome comforting myths that distort and distract, we need to actually be leaning into our relationship with the spirit of truth. And not only is the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth, but even earlier in the passage where Jesus calls him the spirit of truth, he calls him the comforter because our comfort can't come from myths and mirages. Our comfort can't come from lies that we might fall into uh, and things that are just gonna comfort us and make us feel better for a moment. But our true comfort comes from dealing with the truth, from addressing the truth and doing so with the power of the Holy Spirit on our side. All right, so what does this look like? Uh, what is this actually, uh, you know, how can we tell that we're living in truth and not living in lies? How can we tell that we're actually not pursuing myths, but we're actually focusing on the right things? Um, I just have a couple quick things here uh, that, 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 is, that are laid out in the passage we read that I think are helpful benchmarks for us to understand uh, if we're relying on the Holy Spirit and the spirit of truth. The first one is keeping our heads. Paul encourages Timothy to stand apart from everyone else, keeping his head in all situations. You know, one of the myths uh, that many of us believe uh, is equating our feelings with truth. See, our hearts, our feelings, our emotions, they're complex. They sway with the wind, uh, and oftentimes they're really difficult to understand. They're not truth. Just because something makes us feel good doesn't mean it is good. Our emotions are not, uh, you know, 100% objective. Uh, and that doesn't mean they aren't valid. It doesn't mean they are important. It doesn't mean we shouldn't actually pay attention to our emotions. It doesn't definitely doesn't mean we should suppress our emotions. It means we need to acknowledge our emotions. We need to understand that they are valid, that they have a purpose, that God gave them to us, uh, but they are not truth. They're actually an opportunity for deeper investigation for us to dive a little bit deeper, to investigate what's going on, to understand where these emotions are coming from and actually get a deeper understanding of ourselves and our situations. You know, the, the um, uh, you know, we actually, if we wanna actually do this, if we wanna make sure that, uh, you know, we're actually investigating our emotions, that we're going deeper, that we're keeping our heads about us and not allowing our emotions and our feelings to dictate uh, the truth that we believe, uh, we need to make sure that we are building, building on a solid foundation. You know, uh, we need to check our emotions against biblical truths. And how do we do this? We read our Bibles. We pick them up. And we don't just do it to get a streak in the Bible app. We don't just do it to say that we did it. We don't just scroll through and never get anything out of it, but we actually need to study the Bible. We need to study scripture. We need to go deeper. We need to have conversations with people who are reflecting the fruit of the spirit in their lives about what we're reading in the Bible. We need to actually read commentaries. We need to, we need to do some research and actually dive a little bit deeper, not just reading the Bible on a surface level, but actually gaining a deeper understanding of what the words in it mean so that we have a strong foundation, a strong understanding, and a, a, a level of knowledge to rely on when our emotions start running high. So that we can actually, in those moments, trust the Holy Spirit, give our emotions up to Him, 
and actually go back and reflect on the truth in front of us. You know, it's no help to anybody if we're getting mad and freaking out at people online. There's no help to anybody if we're lashing out at people because we're uh, feeling uh, some, some anxiety about the current state of things. It's no help to anybody if we're terrible to be around, if we're not showing the love of Christ, if we're just arguing and infighting because our emotions are running high and instead of actually checking our emotions against the truth, we're just letting them actually determine our responses to what's happening in our world. Let's make sure that we're a church that isn't just responding based on our feelings in a moment, but is responding based on a deep, ingrained truth that we're pursuing. You know, the next thing I want to highlight is that uh, you know that you're pursuing truth if you're enduring hardship. See, our emotions will lead us away from hardships that are meant to strengthen us. So we need this solid foundation that I just talked about so we can keep our heads about us as we handle hardship. Uh, another common myth is that in the Christian life or in life in general, uh, you know, bad things aren't going to happen to you. You know, that we, we often say the best is yet to come, but, but frankly, that doesn't mean that things are always going to be great for you. There are plenty of great saints of great Christians who have been born and died in poverty. You know, all throughout the Bible, we see uh, terrible things happen to good people. Just look around our world. We see bad things happen to good people all the time. You know, the Bible says that, that, that this is actually just beyond what we can understand as humans. We can't, we aren't going to crack this code. We're not going to be able to figure out uh, exactly why all of this is happening. We're never going to fully understand uh, why some things happen to some people and other things happen to other people. But what we can know, what we can stand on, the truth that we can believe in is that the Holy Spirit is working through it all. That God is bigger than our problems. He's bigger than our situations. He's bigger than our hardships. And he is actually moving and he is active. And there is a greater reward for us on the other side of eternity, no matter what. And I think that a lot of us fall into a trap of believing that if hardships are happening, then God's not with us. If hardships are happening, uh, then clearly I'm doing something wrong. Clearly I'm not believing the right things. Clearly I shouldn't just keep keeping on. Uh, I actually need to, to, to change what I'm doing. I need to find something else to believe in. But I want to encourage you that uh, if you're facing a hardship, that just might, that might just mean that God's working. It might just mean that he's setting you up uh, for further growth, for further development, to do even greater things for you for the glory and the purposes of his kingdom. And, and I would wish I could sit here and I wish I could tell you that, that, that the cancer that your family's facing right now, uh, that you're going to understand it and it's all going to make sense one day in your life. But I can't. I can't. Because it's not always going to make sense to us. It's not always going to make sense here on earth in our lives. But trust me, even if we don't see it uh, in, in, in our lifetime, even if we don't see it uh, in, in the next couple years, even if we don't see it right now, that our faithfulness will be rewarded, that God is still working, he is still active, and he is using all of these things for his good. The last thing I want to speak to here is Paul's encouragement to Timothy to discharge his duties, to actually live out his calling. You know, I, I think that, uh, we can bust myths that distract us and hold us back by leaning into the calling that we have. See, the Bible has called all of us to go and make disciples, to bring God's kingdom here to earth. And, and, and I'm not talking about trying to figure out what my specific calling is. Like, should I serve in kids ministry in the nursery or should I, I serve on hosts? I, I don't know. Just serve somewhere. 
Just get involved. Just help out. Just actually live out God's plan and purposes for your life in your workplace. Be unafraid of sharing the gospel. Show love to the people around you. Uh, be a reflection of Christ's love for you. Uh, actually have tough conversations with your family. Actually be a light to the world that you find yourselves in. Be intentional about being there for people, about being reliable, about being someone that people can count on. Be intentional about showing up to church, about serving in church, about moving God's kingdom forward. Uh, actually step into the calling that God has for you. And when we actually rely on the Holy Spirit, when we get closer to Him, we're going to see these things start to happen. You know, we're going to see uh, uh, our, our heads stay about us. We're going to see ourselves be able to rely on the knowledge and the truth that he provides. We're going to see ourselves be able to get through hardships, leaning on that truth and leaning on that firm foundation. And as we push through those hardships, uh, we're actually going to begin to step into our calling. We're going to see the way that God has been working in us in these moments, and he's going to use these hardships. He's going to use these moments so that we can build his kingdom and impact those around us. I think something really cool is going to happen when we all do this as a church. I think something's really going to cool, cool is going to happen when we do is Paul encourages Timothy and we correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. See, when as a church, we start to do these things, when we start to live out our faith practically, when we start to actually focus on the truth and not get distracted by the myths and the lies, when we actually begin to focus on what God is trying to do in this moment and in this season, uh, we are going to see amazing things happen. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to take tough conversations. It's going to take talking about uncomfortable things. It's going to take some healthy conflict. It's going to take actually patience and diligence and listening. It's going to take us not just rebuking and giving correction to others, because I think that's sometimes how we read this verse, but it's actually going to take us being open to receiving correction, to receiving rebuke, to actually being told that, hey, you're kind of a little bit wrong on this issue and you kind of got to work through this and actually being willing to take that and receive it well and work work through it so that we can continue to reach others. And when we do this, I firmly believe that we are going to see miracles happen. We are going to see a church that is uh, strong, that has a firm foundation, that is not coping, that is not settling down, that is not being pushed back in this season, but a church that is rising up and standing up, that is saying, we're not going to uh, just survive during COVID-19. No, we're going to thrive. We're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to reach people. We're going to continue to have tough conversations. We're going to continue to develop as individuals individuals, and we're going to continue to share this gospel message with everyone we can. You know, I, uh, I actually work in sales. That's like my day job. Uh, and I can tell you that professionally speaking, this message was not the best sales pitch for, for following Jesus. Uh, I talked a lot about how hard it is, uh, but I hope that if that's you today, if you're someone who, who's never made a decision to follow Jesus, uh, if you didn't know that he died and rose again to save you uh, from your sins and from yourself so that you could actually have eternal life with him, uh, if you didn't know this, I hope that you can hear this message today and hear me honestly when I say that, that facing the hardships of life head on, the staring down the truth, that actually doing it with God on your side, with the power of the Holy Spirit is better than any comfort or lie that you could pursue. And if that's you today, I just want to give you an opportunity right now to make a decision to follow Jesus. So there's going to be a box down below uh, where you can click and just say, hey, I, I made a decision to follow Jesus. I just want to encourage you to do that. Nobody's going to know that it was you, but it's just an opportunity for you just to declare that and say, yeah, I'm making this decision. I'm stepping out. I'm ready to live my life with Jesus and accept his free gift of eternal life. That's awesome if you're making that decision right now. 
and, and I also, uh, I want to take a minute, I'm just going to pray in a second, and, and I want to pray for those who just made that decision. And I also want to pray for, for anybody here who's been believing the myths and the lies. Maybe you're already a Christian, but you've kind of got caught up in the mirages in this time, and you just need to face the truth. I want to pray for you as well. So why don't we bow our heads and let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for the opportunity uh, that we have to face hard seasons with you on our side. I am so thankful that we don't have to go through coronavirus by ourselves. I'm so thankful that we don't have to go through uh, medical struggles by ourselves or mental health struggles by ourselves, Lord God, or tough conversations about race by ourselves, but we actually get to do it resting in your power and your strength. And I just pray right now for everybody who made that decision to follow you for the first time, that they would just be starting uh, an amazing journey with you, God. And I pray for those that feel like they've been believing myths and lies, that you would just continue to work in their hearts and that they would just be able to step out and face truth this week and into the future. That they would not be afraid and pursuing lies and mirages, God, but that they would actually be confident knowing that you're on their side. Pray this in your name. Amen. Awesome. Well, hey, we're so glad that you would join us today. Uh, and if you're somebody who just made that decision to follow Jesus, if that's you, uh, Pastor Luke is going to have some more uh, next steps for you in just a second and some things you can do. We want to make sure that uh, we're connecting with you, that this isn't just uh, a decision made in a moment, but it's the start of a journey. And if you're somebody who said that you're going to face truth this week, if you're done uh, being comforted and relying on lies, uh, I just want to encourage you, take that seriously dive into the word. Pray that God would open your eyes. Pray that the Holy Spirit would give you a new revelation in this. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. It was such a, a privilege uh, to be able to speak to you today. Uh, and I'm going to pass it back off to Pastor Luke. What an awesome message that was. Nate, we just want to thank you, man. We want to thank, thank you for your faithfulness. We want to thank you for bringing that word, for spending the time, for preparing. Um, well done. That was fantastic. I know that impacted me, and I really believe that impacted many, many people. Well done. We just want to thank you for bringing that message. Hey, if you were one of those people who just a moment ago clicked that button saying that you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know what? That's the best decision that you could ever make. And as a church, we are so excited for you. Honestly, we are. But although that's a decision made in private, it's actually meant to be lived out in public. And we want to do whatever we can as a church to resource you, to answer any questions, to come alongside you, to help you on this journey of faith as you move from where you are closer to where God wants you to be. And so we would love it if you would fill out a Connect card. Again, the, the button is gonna be popping up in the chat right now. Why don't you go ahead, fill out that digital Connect card because we'd love to be able to follow up with you, get to know with you. We'd love to be able to connect with you and, uh, and just honestly encourage you in this journey of faith that you're on. We are so thankful for that decision that you made. Also, just before we close, I want to tell you about something that, you know, this is for you if, if you've been attending, maybe you've been watching church online, uh, maybe even before church online, you were attending in person, but you've never quite gotten involved in our church. You know, what are you waiting for? Really believe that God has placed gifts in your life that he wants to use through you to build his church. And so we want to encourage you to attend Next Steps. Next Steps is a place where you can find out more about how to use your God-given gifts and contribute them to building his local church. And so uh, whether you've been attending church, uh, Slate Church, 
the entire time we've been around or whether this is your first week but you haven't gotten involved you want to this is for you find out more about our vision our values meet some of our team meet some of our leaders next steps is for you so right after this there is a zoom call that takes place i know that sounds like it's going to be awkward i promise it's not awkward we've got some of our best leaders that are there and they would love to just connect with you chat with you it's not going to be strange it's not going to take much time less than 15 minutes of your time but i really believe that this 15 minutes might be an investment into your future that will have returns like nothing else. So I want to encourage you, make sure you click on the link as it comes up now in the chat and uh, attend Next Steps. We'd love to host you there. What an awesome Sunday it's been. This has been awesome. Parents, stick around because coming up right now is Slate Kids. We love families at Slate Church. We love Slate Kids. And so coming up is a program for your kids. It's gonna be amazing. For everybody else, we're so thankful that you've joined us today. We're thankful for what God has done. We as lead pastors, again, we just wanna say, we're so thankful for our church in this season. Uh, we've just been so blown away by how people have been leaning in and responding to what God has been doing. We want to say thanks. We love you guys so much. Have an awesome rest of your week, and we'll see you later. Hey, Kenzie, how's it going? Good, 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 good. Hi, Slay Kids. Say, so Slay Kids is now. Slay Kids is now. Oh, 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 oh,